Welcome to Stock Odds, Stock Odds, Odds and Ed Podcast. Podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen. Leaving Rob, how's everything? Rob, how's everything? Not too bad, thank you. Uh, did you have a good Christmas? Busy? I did. Busy, busy? busy. <laughs> Lots of families. Lots of families. Uh, I'm ready to get back to trading. <laughs> excited to get back to working. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm tired. I'm, i got to catch up on some sleep, that's for sure. But uh, anyway, uh, let's uh, go through some things for our troops here. Uh, yeah. Let's see if we can be of assistance to them. Uh, so, uh, what do you got uh, first on the docket um, regarding what's coming up this week here? Yeah, in terms actually, of the- actually, hold on a second. Sure. Why don't we run a little bit through? through um, you know, we make up this stuff on the, as we go, don't we, Dave? <laughs> Let, let's uh, let's go through a little bit of review here in terms of where we've ended up, and then we can juxtaposition that against next week. And um, we're going to leave the uh, thoughts for January until next Monday. Uh, Monday's a holiday. We'll be doing the show on Monday at some point. And, um, and so that'll give you another long weekend coming up. But uh, we'll leave the thoughts for January until then. See how this year ends completely. But for now, uh, you know, the, the week between New Year's and Christmas is quite, kind of quiet anyway. So um, we could just, you know, have have more uh, of what we've already had. So let's go through what we've had here. First of all, as of the close on Friday, the Dow Jones was down 8.6%. Uh, that's year to date. The, the mid-cap 400 um, is down 14.3. The S&P is down 19.3. And remember we mentioned last week the RSP, uh, that's the equal weighted uh, S&P 500. And so that puts more emphasis on the, on the mid-cap range. Um, so just you can see that there's been a little bit better performance there than some of the mega caps uh, this year so far. The Russell 2000 is down 21.6, and normally the Russell, you know, starts its best six months of the year, November 1st on through April 30th, and um, you know it's it's had some little green shoots along the way, but it's still it's still suffering, but not as bad as the Nasdaq composite at large here is down 32.9 percent. So if there was ever an opportunity for a comeback tour, it would be, you know, buying the NASDAQ and, and shorting some of the the Dow components that are that have been most robust. So that, that would be that would be a mean reversion opportunity. But uh, we'll have to see how that transpires in the new year. And we'll talk more about that next week. So we've ended up as of Friday with that kind of landscape. Uh, we've had a fair amount of economic news that uh, showed that inflation is still up uh, and, you know, the Fed is not going to be able to be that lenient uh, and have to continue to be on top of things, which um, is going to, you know, still carry over for this week. The tax loss selling should be, I would think it would be mostly done, but you never know. There could be another couple of days of it. Uh, they do need to clear the stock before uh, the end of the year. So that means uh, the last day is uh, probably Wednesday for um, any final sales on tax loss selling. And there is great argument for 
locking in some of those losses and then rebuying those things in the new year if you still want them. But you got to wait 30 days before you buy them back for the wash sale rule. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, the landscape here as far as the groups year to date, bring that up, groups year to date, energy came in and so far at 38.91% green, utilities down 1.82, consumer defensive 6.62, basic materials minus 8.2, and healthcare minus 10.02. So, and industrials minus 10.89. So really, like those areas that we talk about all the time about these are the defensive areas, the one to exclude would be the energy because that that has the sort of that war and and um, you, you know all of all of the uh, sort of implications of of refineries offline and and lack of spending, so very political. So we'll just not think about energy at the moment. Just so think about utilities, consumer defensive, basic materials, healthcare, and industrials. Those all did better this year than. Consumer services down 39.42%. Consumer cyclical, 37.32. That's uh, all your discretionary stuff. Technology, 34.35. And real estate, 28.55. So real estate obviously affected heavily since, um, you know, interest rates have kind of slowed down uh, that whole area. Um, now, at at first, there was there was a lot of real estate rallying with the financials when they were starting to raise rates because it it was sort of beneficial. But uh, obviously, at, by the end here, it's really taking a toll. Uh, so when we talk about risk on, we mean money being willing to flow into these really beat down groups of consumer cyclical technology communications. Uh, even to some degree, uh, financials. When we talk about risk off, that means money flows out of those and is going to move more so into consumer defensive, healthcare industrials and utilities, especially. Um, so this is this is what how we focus ourselves sector wise. And um, I sent out a, a wrap up for the Nasdaq. A list that we do five longs and five shorts, which are again algorithmically chosen. But Fridays was a good example of how important sectors can be. So the the sectors that ended up in there were not chosen by a human; they were chosen algorithmically. It's sort of happenstance that it ended up that way. But the outcome was that the shorts were perfect like bang on and the longs were bang on so the way that the money flowed on friday was you know perfect according to our uh sectors that we had in there um so healthcare was weak and some uh chip makers and stuff were strong so that mix gave us you know really great performance uh, of uh, in a basket a hedge basket to make like 1.58% is is very robust so um if you in your 
you know, activity of preparing lists, preparing a risk on list, a risk off list, and a neutral sort of quantitative list, and then looking at the landscape and deploying the right list, you're going to get that extra bang for your buck. We want the quant baseline to be performing, you know, on average all the time, like a metronome, but you're not going to get the enhanced returns if you don't line yourself up with sort of the market's appetite. And if you can do that extra step as you grow and get more experience, more insight, more education, uh, more samples under your belt, right? Uh, you're going to um, be able to then skew your exposure in the most beneficial manner. So don't think it happens overnight. It will happen over time as you mature in doing this every day. But that's the key. You got to do something every day. And if you if you have no idea what to do, stay with the complete quantitative basket. That's fairly diversified, uh, you know, exposures across different sectors. So there's nothing really concentrated. And it's just going with your odds and average performance and expectation and stuff that we've talked about. So that will help you. Um, get the most um, consistent, stable results to then take it to the next level means you have to apply capital to, you know, the best opportunities. Okay. So hope that helps. Um, now, Dave, since we've ended Friday year to date that way, uh, what is the outlook for this next week? It is a shortened week. We've only got four trading days, and it's also going into a long weekend and the last trading day of the month, the last day of the year. So there's a, kind of a lot packed into these four days. Um, what insights can you give us? Yeah, in terms of the seasonality almanac, uh, the last five days are, are a little bullish, but the last three days are kind of bearish, a little bit of sell-off. And of the last five days, the first two or three have the most robust return, where the, the final ones don't. And I looked at some of the sectors within that. Um, so for the final three days of the month, pretty much everything is down. With um, It's safer to be longer gold um, and real estate. So GDXJ, 2.06% performance, GDX, 1.25%. IYR, the real estate ETF, 0.4. And then shorter things like ARC funds, ARC G down 1.86%, ARC K minus 1.83%, Biotech, IBB, XBI, um, XLK, QQQ. So all the risk on stuff seems to be um, weaker for those final three days and gold as, uh, as a long. And then you look at the final final day of the month, there we see it's expected to be a down day and um, sectors within, let's see, um, oil and financials would fare a little bit better typically. And shorter things like the risk on stuff, ARC funds, SMH, biotech, XLK. So so there is a um, case to be made for which sectors to be involved with these final days. But um, that's what we're seeing in terms of the almanac. And then in terms of tomorrow, I did a little screen to see um, of the four ETFs, uh, QQQ, Diamond, Spider, and IWM, does, does stock odds say anything about what's a little bit better for, for, for tomorrow's trading? And QQQ is showing up 
to be quite bullish in terms of RSI, screen, BB, and momentum. And um, IWM is, is, is the weakest of the four. So given that, that can also give you some um, outlook as to where you want to deploy your money. It's not where you just put one-third your capital in each different index symbols, Spider, QQ, and, and NASDAQ. Maybe you lean a little heavier on your NASDAQ um, capital allocation and less on your small cap. Right. That kind of thing. Well, we, we call that we call that deriving a bias for the day. So it's important to first prepare your lists so that risk on, risk off, and neutral. It's also important to run the scenarios of what might happen, how might the day play out. You might get a better picture of that when you see how the futures are trading, how the um market is you know pre-market what's been the low and high which way are we drifting you know whereabouts are we going to open in relationship to the previous day's close and so on um but then you're taking and forming a bit of a bias and there's nothing wrong with forming a bias but it has to come from somewhere it doesn't come from just thin air or like you know goosebumps or whatever you know <laughs> you have to form it from something so what dave's saying is take that extra step and I think he's found it to be valuable in his own trading already, is take the extra step to identify the the four ETFs in terms of what their odds and you know uh, average performance uh, output for the next time frame that you're trading, whether that's open to close or it's swing trading three days or whatever. Um, we're very granular, so we're doing open to close. And and you get that sort of bias behind you so that you're already prepared and then perhaps even position sizing and choosing the allocation of capital in the various groups. And again, his reference was if you have three main areas that you're, you're drawing from, say the Russell 2000, the NASDAQ 100 and the S&P 500, and there are some overlapping symbols between the NASDAQ and the and the S&P 500, but you're taking and applying your capital, you know, in a in a way that's relative to those volatilities and those risks. So everything is risk adjusted, right? Everything is risk considered. And um, and don't do this. Like if you have the same symbols coming up in Nasdaq as coming up in S&P, don't double your capital just because the symbols come up twice just use that capital only once i don't i don't agree with the doubling thing just because you know if you get it wrong you're really going to get it wrong you know uh just focus on risk reduction all the time and it will play out better for you okay um anything more dave on that no or uh, you can also swap out an etf for that duplicate symbol sure symbol. yeah yeah that's Absolutely. another way to reduce it so um, economic calendar, I mean, we have a couple reports coming out this week, mostly around housing and jobless claims. So Tuesday, there's the Case-Shiller U.S. Home Price Index uh, report. And then um, Wednesday, we have pending home sales. And Thursday, initial jobless claims. So there's still a couple economic reports that the market's going to be looking at, but mostly around housing and then jobless claim, claims later in the week. And then Friday to Chicago PMI. So there's not too much in terms of reports and earnings. There's not a lot of um, earnings this final week. 
there are some smaller cap ones that do have some earnings, but nothing major. Okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, banter on, um, you know, what's going to happen here with the uh, the war. Um, I know that uh, Zelensky has, uh, you know, made another appeal to Congress and everything. So there's a lot, a lot of support going over there. Um, and uh, anyway, he's on the cover of the uh, Time magazine for Person of the Year. So who have been some of the other Persons of the Year? Uh, just out of curiosity, uh, looks like just going back to 2019 was Greta Thunberg. And then 2020 was Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. 2021, Elon Musk, when he was the richest person in the world and no longer such. And then this year is Volodymyr Zelensky and the spirit of Ukraine. So the question is, um, what has happened to all the people that have been on the cover? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Do you really want to be on the cover? Is is that the, you know, is that the the kiss of, uh, you know, sort of your, at the top of your game, and and that's downhill from there, or what? <laughs> so it seems like that's what that's what happened to Elon anyway. I mean, um, also with uh, with Greta, like great message in 2019, and then 2020, COVID hits, and disrupts the whole world, supply chains, this and that, and now we have. Uh, you know, many places going back to coal. I mean, r right now in Ukraine, they're actually running uh, coal-fired trains for transportation because the other systems have failed. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, we need energy. And no matter where it comes from, it kind of takes place of this uh, noble uh, desire for, you know, green green energy. It's uh, We're still worldwide, we're still a long way from that. Um, but anyway, it's, it's just interesting that uh, what happens to people on the cover of the Time magazine as person of the year. Find it fascinating. Anyway, um, what else have we got? Uh, China um, relaxing. Oh, yeah. Well, relaxing, but also ton, tons of tons of cases, like thirty-seven million in a day or something, and uh -huh. uh, uh, things are going. Uh, kind of crazy over there so who knows how that's going to play out and it this, this whole china thing really impacts our markets because of the the global growth implications right and weather you know like you were <laughs> mentioning to me earlier like the weather situation also impacts consumption in terms of uh energy and so we had a very bullish uh, friday end to oil um but you know who knows with this all the storm stuff whether that will uh pull back again right uh -huh. yeah if no one can get around and consume oil so let me well i mean you are consuming, how many people do you think uh still rely on on oil for for heating versus natural gas i mean there's still a lot of oil heating in the east coast i, I don't know the numbers I, I, i'm wearing t-shirts <laughs> shorts and t-shirts out here <laughs> so what do you know you're in california well, you did have some. We tried to push some cold weather to you. Uh, hopefully, it hit you. And I don't know. It'd be kind of funny if you got snow in your area. Eh? 
Yeah, we'll see. It's like 80 well, degrees right now. One time when I was uh, heading down to California for uh, Christmas break, or was it closer to spring break? I can't remember. Uh, we were taking the kids to Disneyland. But uh, anyway, we came across some serious snow. Um, you know, the, the grapevine, that was yeah. all. We, had to, we couldn't even go up the grapevine. We had to go over the coast and go down the coast highway. Yeah. So uh, it was it was a terrible year for snow kind of encroaching on your area. And I think it was like almost freezing temperatures at Disney Disneyland. <laughs> Not a great year. Anyway. All right. Well, we'll let you go. Um, have yourself a, a good day and um, get ready for trading uh, this week. And just remember, volumes can be a little bit lighter. And uh, the market still has potential to continue a little bit of a Santa Claus rally. We saw kind of a desire for that on Wednesday, and then we pulled back Thursday, and then and then Friday was the first official start to uh, Santa Claus rally, and it was up a little bit. You know, we we didn't mount too much, but there was hardly anybody uh, out there trading. You know, a lot of people were traveling and st stuck traveling. Uh, and a lot of people made a really long weekend of it. So volumes were light and that is expected to continue this week. But we have this pressure cooker of four days for a lot of stuff to, to get resolved before the end of the year. So who knows? Let's leave it on the table that the Santa Claus rally is still possible. If I look at the uh, U.S. dollar versus euro dollar right now, the euro dollar is up slightly to the U.S. dollar indicating maybe a, a bit more of a risk on environment. Um, commodity currencies are up a little bit as well, so might be a bit of a support to commodities. So I'm gonna allow for a little bit of a Santa Claus rally, uh, but this isn't the type of year where I expect a, a massive rally, like everybody has to be in. I think they would probably defer that if they've done tax loss selling into January um, and buy it back then. So. We're going to have a, a look forward at 2023 on our next wrap-up next Monday. So we'll catch you then. All right. Good, Good luck, guys.